Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow. Good afternoon. Happy 4th of July. Isn't that interesting? The release of this wonderful conversation between you and I will be on July 4th, 2023, which is a Tuesday. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to record our talks so that we can go back and review what we've said to each other and we can build on that. We can help each other. I can become a better communicator Mm -hmm. and conversationalist and ASM artist. (laughs) And you get the help that you need. You felt, listen, you feel, not felt, felt the past tense. In the present, you feel, listened to, appreciated, and heard. There's a difference between being listened to and being heard. Being heard is getting to have your say. Everybody that doesn't want to listen to you has to listen to you. Um, being listened to is when somebody actually gives a crap. And I do care. I do. I listen. I do. I know you don't think I do. But I not only listen, I allow you to be heard. Because a lot of time when we talk about things, the same things that are bothering you are bothering many other people. I think that's really what I wanted to talk about today on the 4th. Because a lot of people feel lonely or alone their problems or their situations, but they don't realize there are so many people with a similar or almost identical problem that you have. They have it as well. Life just has a way of, you know, keeping things simple and somebody like me or you that has a specific problem You'd be surprised who has the exact same problem and issues. Mm-hmm. And it's a little frustrating, I know. I know. It's it's hard to say, well, yeah, I know you have the same problem, but it's not like mine. 
And you know it's true because it's your experience. And the problem has caused you events and life issues that are specific to you. So it isn't like the same problem. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. It's very frustrating. I, um, you know, it's funny because the things that bother me, like the things that really cut me down in size, cut me to the heart of my soul, you know, the things that really, really just ruined me, you know, caused me great emotional distress and pain. When I tell other people those things, that these events are these um, times when somebody said something that just really affected me and caused me a lot of consternation and uh, frustration, I tell other people, and they're just like, that bothered you? Like, that bothered you out of everything that you've been, that's been hurled at you, everything that's been said, everything that's been done to you? That's the thing you took away? And I always say, you know, it's just that one time, that one day, that one person who just, like, lobbed, you know, a rock. And it just hit perfectly and shattered the windshield. You know, everybody else lobs, you know, watermelons and rocks off the overpass as people are driving underneath and nobody ever gets hurt. But that one guy <laughs> drops that one rock or piece of ice or watermelon off the overpass and it shattered my windshield, completely obliterated my car, destroyed it. It's just a lucky hit. And uh, I think that's something I could talk to you about sometimes. It's that one tiny, simple, single, lucky hit that just gets under your armor. It breaks through your glass ceiling. It smashes your window. You know, it puts a massive dent in your hood. And it just snaps. Something snaps. You have to stop. You have to pull over. You got to look it over. You got to look at it. You got to call for help. You got to get a, you got to get a tow truck. You know, you're, you're disabled. You can't go forward. You can't go on. I mean, the motor still works. The tires are good. You know, the brakes work. The radio still works. And, uh, you could, you could drive it home, you know, but you can't, you're done. You know, the window, the windshield's broke and it's just not safe to drive. It's just not safe to get in that vehicle and go home. And you're stuck out in the middle of nowhere. It's always the middle of nowhere. And everybody has come down off the overpass and they're all apologizing. And, you know, you're accepting their stupid apologies and they're willing to pay and fix it. And, you know, you're taking their information and maybe they even give you money to make the repair and you don't want to make a big deal. You don't want to call the cops. So you got a tow truck coming. But at the end of the day, 
you're still left with the problem. It's not going to go away until you fix it. It's not going to go away until you call, you know, the uh, repair company and they show up at your house and they always schedule it. You know, they're always busy. They're always booked up. You know, they're going out of business left and right, but they're always booked up. You ever notice that? <laughs> and you just, uh, you just got to live with the results until you get it fixed. You know, so now you're driving somebody else's car or your spouse's car or your dad has to loan you a car. <laughs> God forbid your insurance company has to give you a rental. I love how you pay for rental insurance or you rent a car like on vacation or, um, you know, to get from the airport to wherever you're going and you get there and they don't have any cars. This has happened to me. You have no idea how many times, you know, you go to rent a car and they don't have it. They don't have your reservation. So you go round and round and round and finally they're going to rent you a, a Jeep or, or a van or a truck, but that's going to be more money. It's not what you want. It's not the right size. You're, there's not enough headroom in it. It's miserable to drive. <laughs> You're driving a brand new car and you don't want it. You, you might think I'm being a bit of a prima donna, but I'm six foot four. And I just don't fit in a small, compact car. So I want a full-size car or I want a uh, SUV with proper, you know, headroom. And I look, I know what to rent that will be comfortable for me to get inside and not be laying over the steering wheel like the guy from Incredibles in his little tiny car. I look just like the guy, I just don't want to drive like him. So, I go ahead and I rent the specific vehicle I want, and I really want it. And I think sometimes you have to do a second choice, and I always choose something very similar. But, like, there's certain SUVs that actually have less headroom in them than compact cars. So then I get there. They don't have it. They can rent me a Challenger, a Dodge, Dodge, Dodge Challenger. Or they can rent me a Jeep. And neither one I fit in. Like I'm literally laying on the ground to get inside a Challenger. And <laughs> But believe it or not, the Challenger had more headroom than the uh, Jeep. <laughs> which is an SUV. A sit-up, square, boxy SUV. And I, it was just so tight. And I'm like, am I putting the seat all the way back? It's like it's made for somebody that's four foot two. I have this close friend, and I'm not picking on them, and they have this beautiful Toyota pickup truck, and they're very short, and I love this truck. I know it's a silly story to love a truck, but I was Ford man, I was, I was in the Ford SUVs and cars. And lately, Ford's been letting me down. They've, they've, they're going through a bad cycle. So we got a Volkswagen Jetta for my wife to drive. And it turned out to be a fantastic choice. 36 miles to the gallon, 38 miles to the gallon practically. Wonderful car. 
lots of power for the size, um, really comfortable, great car. Okay. That being said, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do when I want to replace my Ford? I have a Ford SUV. Uh, I like to look ahead because I need to know how much it's going to cost. What am I looking at getting? Okay. So I was looking at Toyotas. And I said, oh my goodness. You know, the Toyota Sienna, I know it's just a van, minivan, just a minivan. These things are built like a tank. They get 36 miles a gallon. And you can take eight people in them. I know I don't need a minivan anymore because it's just me and my uh, family shrunk because all my kids are grown. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, I would love to have a Toyota Sienna. And then I saw my friend's Toyota truck. No mileage. Horrible mileage. But oh my gosh, I fell in love with this truck. It's a big, huge red truck. And I fit in it perfectly. The headroom's perfect. The back seat's roomy. It's got this little step so you can get up into the, um, the, the, the bed of the truck. And I just... I love the truck. I know it's stupid, but it's a wonderful truck. The Toyota um, Tacoma, I think it is. <clears throat> and my friend is tiny. She, she, a lady, is very short. And she has to put the seat all the way forward to drive it. And I have another friend that drove my uh, SUV. I gave him the keys. They needed to run down to the parts store and get some things and come back. And I said, just take my car. And they put the seat so far up and tilted it forward. It looked like the person was literally laying on the steering wheel. But there's that big a height difference between someone like my height and somebody else. But we're both trying to drive the same stupid vehicles. And I think it's so funny. I mean... I don't think we in this world look at things like problems and issues from other point, people's point of view. I'm in love with this truck. My friend loves the truck too. But they have to put the seat all the way forward and there's all these little struggles. And the person can barely reach the radio controls and it's just so big. And roomy, and you know, it's like driving a, a couch down the street. <laughs> and I think it's lovely, it's a good fit, and it's just the right size. And oh, I love it! <laughs> and it's really funny because my, my Ford Explorer is the same way, it's massive. And a lot of the ladies uh, in my family don't like it because it's so big. It's hard for them to drive, adjust the seat, and all that stuff. You know, it's not comfortable. It's like driving a truck. You feel like you're sitting up in the air and all these things. I find it completely comfortable and easy to drive. And then when I get in the Jetta, I get in that Volkswagen Jetta, I need to like lay down on the ground to get in the car because <laughs> I'm so tall. And I got to put my head in a specific way or I can't get in. I know it sounds silly, but I have to get in the the seat has to be all the way back and then leaning back over the back seat and then I gotta put my head in and go in this way or I gotta put my butt in. And it's so funny. 
watching me get in and out of a a midsize or a small car. There are cars that I cannot literally fit because of my head. I just can't get in and out of the back seat. And uh, it's really hilarious. My brother was complaining about it too because he's tall and my sons have the same problem. We used to ride uh, roller coasters and, you know, amusement park rides. And they started building these mega roller coasters and stuff in the 90s and the early 2000s. And we quit going because we're all too tall and they're built for people 5'8", 5'9", 5'10". They're not built for people 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". My sons are 6'5", and they just don't fit on these rides. And it's horrendous on our necks, our shoulders, and our backs. You know, the support that's around your head is literally against our shoulders in the center of our back in the you know between our shoulder blades and it's just a miserable experience so we'll ride a big ride and enjoy it but then we're miserable and sore the next day or you know and it's just not it's just not worth it um the g-forces aren't that bad so you know you don't end up getting like whiplash or anything but you do get whipped around and it's a different experience for somebody tall than it is for somebody that's average you know, a regular height. And it's really sad, too. They don't make any adjustments on those things because they're trying to save money. So they just go for the average, you know. Getting back to what we were talking about earlier. It's good to take and look at problems of other people and look at it not as, gee, that's too bad, you're dealing with that. Try to take and look at it from their point of view. Look at it how it impacts them and their life. And see that something you think is just a one-off problem or not a big deal might be a staggering, stifling, crippling issue with them. I was watching a short video by another Um, artist on YouTube and they were talking about how they were struggling with PTSD and some other issues and they were denied their support animal on the airline and they were doing some you know flights and travel and I thought well okay I didn't think it was that not saying it wasn't a big deal but I was thinking okay well I understand that but you know, they, they have their reasons that they are lying. And then I thought, you know, this is really serious for this person. This person is really devastated by this. It's not something little for them. It's a big problem. Like this person is literally in tears and, and suffering because of a corporate decision that was callous just like I'm sitting here thinking well it's not that big a deal I mean come on get over it now I'm not taking it lightly I'm not saying the person didn't deserve or didn't have the the right to be upset I was just thinking okay it's upsetting but it's over with and you know it's a corporation they're not going to change over they're not going to change overnight for one person and I thought what are we doing what is happening here Look at it from their point of view. It is monumental. It is 
staggeringly difficult for this person because they couldn't take their emotional support animal on a stressful trip that is was hard for them. Traveling on an airplane for some people is no big deal. I'll be honest, some flights, no big deal to me. Other flights, because once again, because of my size, my height is amazingly too tall for airlines. They don't know how to build a chair or leg room for a person that's over five foot six. It feels that way anyway. I can't lean back. The headrest that hits me in the middle of my back. The seatbelt isn't even long enough to wrap around me. And I'm not that big. But my goodness, I am a larger size human being. <clears throat> On the higher end side of height and weight and everything, you know, I'm a big human being. Airlines do not cater to people of odd sizes. And I see tall people all the time, like myself, suffering. The, the cabin is too low. The chairs are too short. You know, the seats, they're not chairs. The seats are too short. There's no leg room. A person like me has to sit almost in an aisle seat always. Because I have to be able to stretch my legs out and move. Because my knees almost always hit the seat in front of me. And that's very painful. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just not comfortable. And uh, I've been on good flights and I've been on bad ones. But I could imagine all of the discomfort I have. Add to that mental distress from, say, PTSD or other issues. And anxiety can just be crippling. And all this person is asking is for comfort. They're not asking for special treatment. I think we think it's special treatment like you want a handicapped spot. You want special rules that only apply to you. They're asking for comfort. It would be great if I could sit in the front seat, the front row, where there's no seat in front of me every time on an airplane, but I almost never can get those tickets. No matter how soon, how early I book, the best I can do is get an aisle seat. And all I'm asking for is comfort. They should say like, hey, if you're extreme height or whatever, here are some seats that are more comfortable for people of larger size and height. And it wouldn't be that big a deal to have a row or two of those seats in certain areas. You know, like, if you think about it, the very, very front of the seats is usually a row of the first row of seats doesn't have anybody in front of them. And there's just a little bit more legroom there. And you have no idea how important that is to somebody whose knees literally touch the seat in front of them due to their height. It's so uncomfortable. It actually is painful. You get older and you just can't have that pressure on your knees. It hurts and it can really hurt cause a lot of problems for somebody of, of taller height because your knees and then the person just starts pushing back on the seat and it makes it worse. So you literally got to sit with your legs sticking sideways to avoid getting hurt. So you're sitting for three hours crooked and twisted and it's very uncomfortable. And all I'm saying is it would be nice 
if I could be comfortable on an airplane. Now, that's how I feel. And I think the airline could do a few little things, a few little tweaks, and everybody would actually be happy on the airplane because people like me wouldn't be ready to rip the entire seat off the bolts because they're angry and they are in pain and their head is not banging on a ceiling uh, in a tight seat jammed in the corner. (laughs) And all this person's asking for is the comfort of not being crippled and stifled and stressed from their medical condition. You know? And I think if you look at things from other people's point of view, you start to realize it's not always about special. It's not, I think I need, you know, the world to wrap its arms around me and make the world the way I want it. They're just asking for comfort. You know? Um, My friend drives that truck and all the person wants is a little bit of comfort. When I drive my car, all I want is I want to drive to work and I want to be in relative comfort. You know, we want it in our everyday lives and we want it when we're in those stressful, tough situations like travel, long trips. And in the workplace, you know, you want a comfortable chair to sit at at work, comfortably place a nice, comfortable place to eat your lunch and relax during your breaks. And you want a safe and clean work environment. I think we all want these things and we need to look at the world, not how uh, me looking at that person. We need to realize what they are dealing with. And we need to look at it from someone else's point of view and realize what, what really is the problem here. They're not, literally not, asking for exceptions to break the rules. What they're asking for is not a breaking the rules situation. It's not going to change the travel and the situation for anybody else on that plane. They're only asking for a situation that makes things more comfortable and tolerable for themselves. And it really doesn't affect anyone else negatively. I'll tell you what, I've never done it and I don't need one, but I would love to take my little guy Buster, my little miniature, he's just a mini um, boxer uh, dog, you know, so he's like a boxer, but he's tiny and he loves to lick everybody. He's just the friendliest little guy. And he's sweet as can be, and he's just gorgeous ears, and he's just a cute little, ugly little mutt. But he's tiny. I would love to take that little guy on an airplane with me, because everybody around me would love to pet that dog, and it would make the trip better. Because unless you're allergic to the dog, and you wouldn't want to sit by me, which would be totally understandable, people would just love to have a little guy like him on the plane. So I can imagine there is a place for uh, support animals on planes. I know I've seen people with little 
bulldogs and little French bulldogs on uh, airplanes and uh, little terriers, you know, little Pomeranians and stuff. And they're always such a cute little well-behaved dog. And it always brings a little smile to my face to see a cute little dog or little tiny cat up one of those carriers. And they're just the sweetest little animal. And you can tell that they really appreciate their owner. And they are comfortable. They're not, you know, stressed. They're happy. Um, you know, uh, contrary to popular belief, I think dogs like to den like that in little tight spots for, not always, but for a while. So a short plane ride is not really a big deal. It's a chance to take a nice little trip, take a little nap. I think the dogs even probably understand that it's fun for them because, you know, they're going to someplace cool that they know of because they've done it before. And at least my dog loves going on rides in cars. And they, like, flip out. Going on a ride in a car, that dog will just run over, sit by the door. They're just dying to go. You take them, you open up the door, they run right out, get right in the car. They're just really well behaved. And they just want to see the world. They just want to look out the windows and see the world and and uh, go on a big ride with their family. It's really cute. So, you know, take the time this week. When you see people struggling or complaining, don't look at them like you're looking into, you know, a uh, movie, you know, like a flat screen TV and try to envision what they're dealing with. Try to think of looking at them as a mirror and try to picture yourself in their shoes and in their experience and try to understand from their point of view what they're dealing with you know and how it affects them and then you might realize that they're not complaining they're not being a Karen they're not being a Chad they're just asking for the world to make things a little more comfortable for them and you might have a little more sympathy and compassion for people around and I think that might be a good thing on the 4th of July, you know, because the 4th of July to me, I really do believe it's the ultimate family holiday. Boy, there's nothing like those classic 4th of July picnics and fun events down at the lake or going to an amusement park or traveling or going on vacation. The 4th of July to me it's probably as big a holiday, as fun a holiday, as memorable a holiday as Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, there's Halloween's fun, but one Halloween blends into the next. But there's those special Thanksgivings where just the right mix of people all got together. Somebody made the effort to come see you or invite you to their house. And Christmas is the same way. There's those magical perfect Christmases where everything just kind of went just right and you could never forget it and then there's those 4th of July's that I remember and those ones I think I cherish more Christmas and Thanksgiving are about different things than the 4th the 4th is about hey it's a holiday it's summer, 
it's fun, it's warm. Even if it's pouring rain, it's still warm. And let's go out and have some fun. The 4th of July is about getting together with family and friends and having fun. And just seeing each other. And I really think I want to take the time to think about my friends and family and see the world through their eyes. And I want this to be a very special fourth, and I hope it is for you too. I hope this little talk helped you. I really enjoyed talking to you today. I hope you're with your family, eating good food, having a great conversation. And I hope you feel very blessed because I do. I feel very blessed. I have the most wonderful friends. I cherish each and every one of them. And I love my family. And that's what the fourth is all about. So until we talk again, please have a wonderful holiday and wonderful week. Take care of yourselves and try to help those around you and help by understanding their place in the universe as much as your own, okay? I really, 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 really love you guys. You guys are great. And we're going to talk again next week, okay? All right. Until then, have a most blessed holiday and week. I think it's going to be really nice this week, too. We're going to have a good week. It's good, good, good jump off for the holiday. Until I see you again, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.